Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. And we are talking the 0-2 Broncos as they sit on the precipice of basically being eliminated from the playoffs if they go 0-3, if history tells us anything. So we're going to be talking about your Broncos Thursday practice update. Blake Bortles now in town and joining the Broncos in practice. Bradley Chubb sits. Is that a concern with his knee injury and that he's coming back from? Talking mask gate. Yes, NFL docked Vic Fangio 100 grand. Broncos quarter of a million dollars as Vic was not properly wearing his mask in week two. And then looking ahead to week three here at Mile High, fans being allowed for the first time this season in Denver, and Tom Brady comes to town as Jeff Driscoll will be starting for the Broncos. So uh, lots to run down here, Ryan, and we will start with the update from practice. And obviously you were out there at UC Health Training Center. Initial impressions, uh, especially with the on the injury front, as Bradley Chubb took a seat. Well, you know, as we're taping this, it's 3.20 Mountain Time. Uh, we have no injury report yet, so we don't know whether is it a day of rest or is there an issue with the knee. Um, you know, Chubb was out there. He didn't take the stretch. He didn't have helmet or shells on. You know, uh, the thing with Bradley is he's playing hard. He played better against the run on Sunday, but, you know, I think he, it feels like he's probably gripping the bat a little too tight trying to make some things happen in the pass rush game. You know, so they need to get him, uh, you know, back back on the field. Uh, you know, we don't. Who knows what he's going to do Sunday with this status? I expect him to play. But you know, this team has two sacks through two games. Bradley Chubb's going to be an important part of. You know, if they can uh, get this pass rush wrapped up. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran. So hopefully Broncos fans will see Bradley Chubb out there in week three. Now, moving on here to Massgate, hopefully the Broncos will see their head coach properly wearing his mask. And, you know, he admitted on the call this week, I've got to do better with it. But he also said uh, the reason he, that he didn't have it up was that, you know, he's got to call the plays. Uh, it's fogging up his glasses when, when he does have it up. And Ryan, you and I have talked about that in, in our own line of work. So uh, lots of different issues there. And he also said that he considered wearing the face shield that Andy Reid, of course, made famous by fogging up in week one. So lots of different options out there for Vic. But with that sort of fine, Ryan, I mean, a hundred grand pretty steep obviously nfl wanting to send a message to fangio and others wear your mask even though these guys are getting tested uh basically every day minus game day and the players obviously don't have to wear masks it's one of the most asinine fines in the history of asinine fines i've ever seen in my life um you know it's one thing to say hey you know here's a, a slap on the wrist but they dropped a hammer they made these coaches examples with play calling head coaches if they want to communicate with their players, which is what their job is, that mask gets in the way. And I've heard a couple of coaches say, well, they have to be the example. Screw the example. This is about winning football games. And if taking that mask down helps you communicate with your guys better, that's what you should do. Uh, I think it was a PR stunt by the NFL. You know, once again, it's about the league office worrying about the wrong things. You know, the testing things have been going much better than expected. I grant, I get you. You don't need to get uh, lazy about it. You have to keep disciplined about it. Well, that's what the daily tests come in. I agree with Troy Aikman, Hall of Fame quarterback, said uh, on, on Dallas radio this week, they're, they're around players who don't have masks on. They're getting tested every day. They're basically in a bubble at the facility. I totally disagreed with the fine. I think it was, you know, oh, I almost swore. Uh, I think it was out of line. 
And to your point, Ryan, NFL doing a pretty dang good job of containing COVID within the league so far, especially comparatively to some of the other leagues, most notably Major League Baseball, which had a bunch of stumbles at the beginning of its non-bubble season earlier this summer. So uh, I'm sure we'll see Vic Fangio with his mask or some sort of mask, shield, etc. this Sunday because 100 grand fine, pretty hefty. So moving on here with the show and looking forward to this Sunday And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, it's going to be pretty steep sledding if they go 0-3 in terms of getting back into the playoff race. Since 1980, only six teams have made the playoffs after starting 0-3. 2018 Texans, the last to accomplish that feat before that. Got to go back 20 more years to the 1998 Bills. So big sense of urgency, as cornerback Bryce Callahan said this week. And standing in their way is future Hall of Famer, six-time Super Bowl champ Tom Brady. But hey, uh, a little historical significance here, Ryan. Tom Brady losing record overall against the Broncos, only team in the NFL he has an overall losing record against, and uh, his regular season record, one game above 500, but not too, not too uh, thrilling either considering Brady's mark against some, some of these other teams. So thoughts and opinions, how do uh, they stop the, the 40, 43-year-old fatherless time uh, from getting into a rhythm, especially with all the offense, offensive weapons he has? Well, we'll start with the urgency. If they do go 0-3, the Broncos, they are done, even with the seventh playoff spot being added in each conference. And here's why. When you dig yourself a hole like that, you're you're putting more teams between you and the playoffs. And you could play well later in the year, but the hole you've dug in September, it doesn't allow you to you know, the leapfrog all these other teams. That's why this is a, uh, you know, a critical game for the Broncos. You know, and, and really, I think the five days – Sunday versus Tampa Bay, next Thursday night at the Jets, will we'll go a long way in defining uh, Vic Fangio's you know, tenure. And, Absolutely. You know, if this, this team is 0-4, then you're really in trouble. If they're 1-3, you're hanging on by a thread, but at least you have a little bit of bow going into that long weekend. So, In terms of Brady, uh, he has a losing record at mile high. He's lost. He's 0-3 here in the playoffs. This is a regular season game. This is with Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, not to... Uh, yeah, I am going to age Tom Brady. He has more starts at mile high than some previous Bronco quarterbacks. Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, uh, you know, Drew Locke, current guy, Brandon Allen last year started. This year, you know, this week started Jeff Driscoll. So he's been here a bunch. He's had some great games. He's been under siege in some games. So, you know, you look at this Tampa Bay offense, it looks like they're still trying to find their rhythm, too. They're better against Carolina than they were in week one against New Orleans, but it was still some hiccups throughout the way that they, sh- they should not have led Carolina back in the game like they did. And obviously the Bucks got Leonard Fournette, who was a huge problem on the ground while with Jacksonville last year against Denver. Now, granted, that led to some defensive shakeup on the Broncos roster, most notably Alexander Johnson getting his shot an inside linebacker. And he's played pretty well so far in the early going. So he's going to be key definitely against stopping that run. But back to the Broncos offense, Ryan, you got Drew Locke, Sideline for multiple weeks with a shoulder injury. Vic Fangio said they even considered IR for Locke, but didn't go that route. You know, what what kind of expectations should Broncos fans have for Driscoll here in his first start for Denver, second game, and of course in front of 5,700 fans at mile high? Well, the expectations for Jeff Driscoll should be minimal. I mean, he's without Sutton, he's without Lindsey. He's going against the Tampa Bay defense that likes to send pressure, which could be a problem for his offensive line. 
you know, the things that stood out that's going to help Jeff on Sunday that stood out last week, tough as I'll get out. I mean, he took a ton of big hits, you know, stood tall, delivered some really good passes all while being driven into the turf. That's a positive. The other thing is this, this Bronco offense had a, a lot of big plays last week, a lot of explosive plays downfield, which they didn't have against Tennessee. And, and one of Driscoll's strengths uh, has been deep ball accuracy. So it's, uh, you know, if I'm the Broncos, the recipe for success on offense is, hey, you know, Melvin Gordon, set up the pass that way. Uh, you know, get you know, uh, get Noah Fant involved for all four quarters instead of just a half here and a half there. And then also K.J. Hamler, his second game back, uh, you know, expect him to take a big step forward. You know, you were with uh, K.J. on the Zoom today. What were some of his thoughts and expectations for his second game coming up? So, you know, he talked about his goals for this season and, and that first and foremost being making the all-rookie team. Uh, three catches for 48 yards in his NFL debut last Sunday. He was pretty pleased with it. Offensive coordinator Pat Shermer is pretty, pretty pleased with it. But he knows himself, along with Judy, are going to have to step up and elevate their game, especially with Sutton now. And he was talking about, you know, obviously the hamstring injury. It, it kept a hamstring injury kept him from running the 40 at the combine and participating in the combine. And then another hamstring injury uh, kept him out most of camp. But he was studying. He was taking notes. You, you could see him during training camp, phone in the offense, kind of learning, learning things pen and paper way, the old-fashioned way. So that really paid off, he said, and that paid big dividends. And now, you know, he's looking to take his game to the next level, especially with that hamstring completely completely healed. He said uh, it, was a, it was a tear of his hamstring that he tried to battle through early in camp, but then ultimately shut it down August 20th. Well, you know, when Vic said it originally that uh, during the injury that he, they tried to fight through it, I, I raised my eyebrows a little bit. You don't, you don't, you don't battle a hamstring, but that, you know, I'll digress here. You know, one thing KJ has that adds to this defense, he's fast. They can use him. They can use him on one play as a gadget guy on a jet sweep or a receiver screen, but then the next play he can run a takeoff route and you know see where the safeties are. Maybe make a play happen that way. So I thought he was a positive. I thought Jerry Judy was a positive on offense. Yeah, and I, if they could just shore up their protection, and you know, if I had another question for Pat Schirmer today, I would have asked, "Hey, these breakdowns are from were they mental or were they physical?" And the bigger problem would be if they're mental errors. You know, just they forget the block guys. So I think Driscoll would be more on point with that as well, being in there in front of the live fire, so to speak, and in terms of recognizing where to get rid of the football on time. And folks, first in Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman talking Broncos ahead of their week three showdown against Tampa Bay in Denver. And these Bucks present a lot of matchup issues, Ryan. And obviously they got Tom Brady, and that's been what all the offseason and early season hype has been about. But you look up and down their, their roster on both sides of the ball. And there's just a lot of problems. Uh, offensively, all of Brady's weapons are seemingly 10 feet tall. You got Mike Evans, you got Rob Gronkowski, you got OJ Howard. Uh, and then, of course, in the backfield, you got McCoy and Fournette, along with Ronald Jones II. And on defense, lots of problems as well, including ex Bronco Shaquille Barrett, uh, Jason Pierre Paul, the other outside linebacker. You got Sue up front, uh, and then Devin White, inside linebacker, much hyped. Another new piece for that Tampa Bay team down there. And I don't know, Ryan, I mean, you, me, and Kiz all picked the Bucks. 
to, to prevail on Sunday. And I think a lot of that sentiment not only has to do with the trajectory of the Broncos, but all of these pieces the Bucks have in place, even if at one and one they haven't exactly put everything together yet. Yeah, and just quick update on Bradley Chubb as we tape this. They listed his non-practicing on Thursday's non-injury later, which is basically a bet day. Let's see if he's back out there on Friday. Back to the Bucks, they do have a ton of weapons. Uh, you know, they had Ronald Jones, who's a pretty good back. Then they signed Shady McCoy. Then they signed Leonard Fournette, so they still have a three-headed monster there. And as Vic Fangio said on Thursday, you know, Fournette looked a lot better in week two than week one, so they expect him to be heavily involved. You know, Mike Evans is a matchup problem. Uh, you know, because he has size, power, and speed. That's not the box that you check with these Bronco cornerbacks. They're more of, uh, you know, smaller guys can run fast. So it's going to be, you know, do, do you Callahan on one side, Ojibudier on the other side? If I'm the box, I put Mike Evans on Ojibudier and say, hey, what, did you, what have you learned in the last seven days since the Pittsburgh game? See how he responds. And, you know, Chris Godwin, good player. Gronkowski really hasn't got going yet. So maybe this is the week they prioritize him down in the middle of the field um, in addition to O.J. Howard. So, uh, I mean, I think it's a tough matchup for the Broncos, even if Drew Locke was healthy, even if these other guys were healthy. And, but I think, uh, you know, the Broncos will play hard. They'll lose another one-possession game. And a tough matchup specifically for that Broncos secondary, as you mentioned, Ryan, of course, without number one quarterback, A.J. Bouye. And uh, it's going to be another test for those rookies, Ojemudia, Bassey, and then also Bryce Callahan needs to uh, continue to elevate his game. Obviously, his third start as a Denver Bronco after missing all of last season due to an injury. And from talking with Vic and defensive coordinator Ed Donatel, it sounded like they think Callahan is getting back to the player that he was in Chicago, and obviously that's the guy that Vic wanted to bring into this Denver defense. I mean, I gave I gave Vic a softball on Callahan today, and he he whiffed. You know, I'm not talking about him playing corner or nickel. It's like, okay, do you see the guy you had in Chicago? And Donatel did a better job answering that question, and he said yes. Callahan is one of their most important players right now with AJ Boye out. Devontae Harris wasn't really playing a lot as a reserve corner. He's out with a hamstring. Uh, what's going to be interesting for me against this Tampa Bay offense, Vic, Vic has mixed in some dimes, six defensive backs the first two games, with Duke Dawson being that sixth guy. Does he like that matchup against Tampa Bay's array of weapons just to sort of play some zone and keep everything in front of you? Again, folks, First in Orange Podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening to today's show. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout this week and down the rest of the season, win or lose, uh, basement or wild card, whatever this season ends up being for the Broncos. Again, folks, denverpost.com slash broncos. Ryan and I will be both out at the stadium on Sunday bringing you live coverage, so stay tuned to that. And until next time, folks, take it easy.